0: inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart.
1: Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Tom DeAngelis, Rob Longo, and Rick Hackman. Welcome, one and all.
2: Good to be here, David. Thanks. Ooh.
1: Awesome, Thanks, awesome. David. And if everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16, and... Uh, if you don't mind, Rob, do you want to invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us break open the bread of life?
2: I would love to. In the name of the Father, the, the Son, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the gift of your love. You are just awesome in your mercy and your generosity and your, and your patience. Uh, we're sorry, Lord, for the times that, um, that we turn our back to you. And we just want to thank you for the gifts that you've provided us this day and every day of our lives. And we ask you, please, Lord, to give us a heart, a heart, that is open, open to receiving your love and your mercy, and then generous, so generous, in giving your love and mercy to every single person that we meet. And gentlemen, if we could, together, pray this prayer. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful. And And kindle in us us the fire fire of your love. Send forth your Spirit, and we shall be created. And And you shall renew the face of the earth. O God, who by the light of the Holy Spirit did instruct the hearts of thy faithful. Grant that by the same Holy Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolations. We ask this through
0: Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen.
1: And Rick, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today?
0: Why would I mind that? That's a joy. The reading today is from the book of Matthew, chapter 20, verses 1 through 16. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into the vineyard. Going out about nine o'clock, the landowner saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, You too go into my vineyard, and I will give you what is just. So they went off. And he went out again around noon and around three o'clock, and did likewise. Going out about five o'clock, the landowner found others standing around, and he said to them, Why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You too go into my vineyard. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them also got the usual wage. And on receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, These last ones worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who bore the day's burden and the heat. He said to one of them in reply, My friend, I'm not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give this last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious because I am generous? Thus the last will be first, and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise you, Lord Jesus Jesus Christ.
1: Christ. Every time I see the word parable, it brings me great hope because the Lord taught people back in the days, with stories that they knew, stories that they could relate to, and I come to find in my life's journey that Jesus continues to do that each and every day in my life. He puts what I call God's stories in my life to help teach me. One of the greatest things I come to find, which is painful at times for me to realize, is God brings sinners into my life to help reveal my sin, because I find that if something irritates me or agitates me, well, it's probably a something that's within me that I also do. And that's when I finally see it, I'm like, Lord, thank you. Help me to overcome that. And then another thing that he does is bring them into my life to show me where I judge people. I judge their hearts. That's not my role. So every time I see the word parable, which is in the first first line, it reminds me, God is always speaking to us through our life stories, through our adventures, through what he shows us every day. Man, I'm, I feel like I'm in school every day learning a new lesson, and that's okay. Every once in a while, i say to the Lord, Lord, is there no recess? Is there no summer, summer break? And the Lord's like, do you want it? And I'm like, you know what, Lord? Truly I don't, because I want you to keep refining me in the fires of your love so that I can purely reflect your son jesus christ to the world and that's what i that's what i want to do all the days of my life so that word parable the fact that god is always teaching us through our life story every day ah, it's just that's what it's all about it makes my life a great adventure
2: and, and the question here at the end that the landowner asks are you envious because i'm generous you know david said sometimes the lord brings sinners into our lives to reveal their own sin and as you said that i was reading that last line and just wondering well Maybe the Lord also brings in people of virtue to reveal maybe like sins of omission or things that God wants us to do that we're not quite doing because um, you know, the landowner was generous, I mean, abundantly generous, abundantly merciful, and that kind of got you know, got the people moving down towards that road of, of envy. And if you look at that and, and the, you know, the six other deadly sins, they creep in, Right? They creep into our lives, and, uh, and God in His mercy you will know, we'll use situations, whether it's people who are sinning or people who are like this landowner who are very virtuous, to reveal some, you know, some ugliness in our hearts that, you know, that, we need to, that we need to allow Him to purge.
1: And you know the words that I wrote down? Is, it, I was remembering a meeting with Bishop Rhodes one time, and we were sharing, and he said, One of the greatest sins of all is the sin of spiritual pride. And when you use the word envious, Rob, which is in the last sentence, I had actually circled that. So I circled parable, then I circled envious. Because spiritual pride so many times builds up in us, and we lose the focus of why God has given us all these gifts. The reason God entrusts us with all these gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, is so that people can see Christ living in us, and that we can be invitations to the banquet and too many times spiritual pride starts, and it's such a grievous sin because we think we're better. And this this parable tells that story. You know, we think we're better. We deserve more than the person that came in. And, and I look at the different times of the day or the different seasons of our lives, you know, at noon, at 3 o'clock, at 5 o'clock. Well, if somebody comes to Christ towards the end of their life, we should be rejoicing and celebrating. But here we read that these supposed followers of the Father, you know, workers in the vineyards, they were envious. And that's that root of spiritual pride's gotta go. It's not welcome in heaven. You can't enter with heaven with it. So, you know, that word envious really stuck out to me because what is our goal? The same as Christ. Why did Christ come and give his life? He gave it for all. For all. Not a select few, for all so we are called to be examples of christ in the world as he lives in us with us and through us and be invitations to that heavenly banquet and boy god will send people into our lives that will reveal spiritual pride envy all those things that they got to be purged so this morning at mass i'm like father come into my garden of my heart cultivate the soil take out the rocks the obstructions that allow your love to flow freely and continue to refine me in the fires of your love so that my life each day may be a sacrificial gift for others you know in the salvation of souls in being a blessing to others this day and it's beautiful as god continues to refine us what a journey
3: i think too that the uh, the thing that hits me most about this parable is um i've often thought how these <clears throat> these um, <clears throat> grumblers would have responded if um, the owner hadn't gone out and brought people in throughout the day and then paid them um, the same wage as those who worked all day in the hot sun Um, because they probably would have been satisfied. They would have gone away happy. They would have been, you know, okay, that's that's what we agreed upon. Change the context and all of a sudden you have people that are, as you said, envious, disgruntled, unhappy. And it reminds me of, you know, it, it kind of makes me um mindful of the you know the of adam and eve in the garden you know like the garden wasn't good enough you know what's been given to us what god delivers to us which is which is fair and we have no um you know we have no reason to expect any more than what we've been given because it's all gratuitous anyway we don't deserve any of this so the the other thing that you know you kind of look at and say well um if we're not happy with what god provides us with god's will what else would make us happy, you know, but we go looking for other things, and the fact of the matter is god 's delivering to us his will for us, and because we look around at other people and we say, "Well, why are they getting paid more? Why are they getting paid you know better than I am? Why do they have a better situation than I have?" And the fact of the matter is God has given us life he 's given us you know everything that we have and everything that we are. And uh, if we're not happy with that, what would we be happy with? So it's not just the envious piece of it. It's just being satisfied with what God gives us, which in another context would be perfectly okay. You know, if it hadn't been for these other people where the generosity was shown, then I would have been fine with that, with that daily wage. That's what I gr- agreed to. You know, I mean, I'm somewhere in the Bible it tells us
1: that all of heaven celebrates with the turning around and turning away from sin of one sinner— So that's our call. And I look at the story of Paul. Paul, before he was Paul, was Saul. He gathered up Christians. He persecuted them. He had them murdered. I mean, this man should have been like, who would want him? But see, the generous God that we have, his bountiful mercy of forgiveness, of reconciliation, of restoration, of resurrection from spiritually dead, that's our God. And we are called to be like him To be holy as the Father, holy heavenly Father, is holy. To be perfect as the Father is perfect. So all of a sudden, a Saul back in the early beginnings of Christianity became Paul, and God rose him up to be one of the greatest writers. Most books in the Bible came from Paul of any other writer, you know. But greater, greatest evangelist, but yet you know. Sometimes people look at that and go, oh, well, my book should have been in because I didn't do what he did. No, 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 that's a grave sin. So many times we hold people to their past, and we label them with their sins as opposed to recognizing them as true children of God, how God has restored, renewed, resurrected. He did it for us. We are called to do it and appreciate them in their gifts and celebrate. The resurrection of spiritually dead people and look at the works that they produce
2: <clears throat> the word that comes out it, it wasn't listed here or written here in the gospel was uh it, or is the is the word entitlement that we, we everything's a gift right we, we it, it's all gift, it is all gift. so we don't deserve anything you know, we don't deserve anything it's all a gift and this past week in one of the schools we visited, we were talking to the kids about their summer, and and we said, what were some of those awesome moments where you did something or you experienced something and you just said, that was awesome. And then let's share some of those. But let's add, after you share it, we'll all say, that was awesome. And then let's all say right after that, thank you, Jesus. Right, because we didn't deserve any of those. So they started sharing about their vacations and about their times at the pool or with friends or whatever. That was awesome. Thank you, Jesus. It's just a litany of those. And then I asked the kids, you ever, ever heard of the word entitlement? And you know, this is a, a grade school, middle school, and even up to eighth grade, a lot of them weren't able to raise their hand. And, uh, and then we started talking about well what, what, what is entitlement and, and the fact that everything that you just said, you know, none of us deserve this. It was all a gift from God. That's why whenever you experience something and in your, in your mind, in your heart, out of your mouth, you say, oh, that was awesome. Let's get in the habit. Thank you, Jesus. Right after that. Thank you, God. Because anything that's awesome is a gift from God. And, uh, and it was it was powerful. It was a powerful lesson for me to try to have a more gracious or a more uh, grateful heart, to be generous in my gratitude to God, the Father, for all the all the gifts that He gives. And you see here in the story that you know that there's you know, a little bit of the entitlement was was creeping in. And uh, for any of us, that's that's a that's a dangerous that's a dangerous creep. You know, we don't we don't we don't want to we don't want that to to come in.
1: No, and we look at that at the story with the the elder brother who stayed in the younger brother who went out into the world, you know, and, and squandered his inheritance. When he came back, the father ran to greet him and clothed him with his robe and invited him into the banquet. But what did we have? The older brother. What happened? Pride. And he didn't come into the banquet. As we read the story, he was outside. He was envious. He was jealous. He was angry, you know, because it should have been all his. You see, we have to continually ask God to purge those things that hold us back, that, blood, that are obstacles and block God's pure, unconditional love, which is meant to flow through us into the world. And I go up to the, to the, the second sentence or the continuation of the first sentence, and we see landowner and his vineyard when we truly realize that God owns everything Everything that we have is a sacred trust that God has entrusted to us as his gift to us to be good stewards of, caretakers of the property, of the people, of the children. They're not ours first. They're God's. He entrusts them to us. So when you realize God owns everything and it's a sacred trust that we are given to us as stewards of his, he's the landowner, it's his vineyard, to then use and steward those gifts to the best of our abilities, using asking God to help us, and that's that to me was key. Just reading those couple words,
3: and I think hearkening back to the to the prodigal son uh, story and the father there, uh, we have a similar situation here, and it, it seems like, um, uh, and you know, you, David, you bring up the, uh, the the elder son in that situation, and these the people who have worked all day in the hot sun. Um, they think about this relationship with the owner as a contract. In other words, I do for you and then you give for me. And I, I love, you know, one of the uh, reflections that we have here is, you know, with Scott Hahn where he talks about the, <clears throat> the difference between a covenant and a contract. The contract is, you know, you do this for me, I do this for you. Uh, covenant is I am yours and you are mine. And so we've got these these um, workers who have worked all day, saying, well, we have a contract, and, you know, the contract is, and you're paying these people outside of the contract, and the owner is saying, uh, I have a different relationship with you. I give you, you know, what, I give everybody the same because I'm a covenant person. I'm a I'm a covenant owner. I don't do things on a contract basis. And the father's the same way. He he doesn't love his sons because they do something for him. He loves his sons because they're his sons. He loves his sons because, you know, they're his, they're his children. He is a covenant a family love covenant with them. And that's why he takes his son back. And that's why he tries to get his elder son to come back in to the feast, because it's not a matter of, well, you've done all these things for me, and this other one has wandered off and wasted all my goods. But so he doesn't deserve this. You're both my sons. I love you both. You both deserve this. It doesn't It doesn't matter to the owner. It doesn't matter to the father. It's a covenant. It's not a contract. And what you just said just sparked something in me,
1: Tom, because... You can't work your way into heaven. You can't start at noon and work, 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 and you get into heaven. That's not what it's all about. You can't start at 3, can't start at 5. So God's trying to teach us. You know, I mean, in in the Bible it tells us, you know, well, what can man do? And, and, And the Bible tells us it's impossible for man, but through God everything's possible. So what I wrote down is you can't work your way into heaven because if you try and do that, you have a blockage, you have a blind spot because it's not us that does the work. Because when we say we did it, we steal from God. It's God who chooses us, and through our yes, he does the work through us, so that he gets all credit, all honor, all glory, all praise. When you realize that, and you take the I out of it, and you just say, thank you, Lord, for choosing to use me to teach these children, choosing to use me to be your hands, your eyes, your ears, your feet, That's your heart. That's it. That way you take no credit for yourself, because it's God who does everything through us. When we are open vessels, you know, Mary said it best, be it done to me according to your word. She was the handmaid, the servant of the Lord. She took no credit. She didn't walk around and say, ha, do you know who I got in my belly? Do you know who I have? Do you know who I am? No. She was a humble servant. And I love that That phrase the Lord gave me that the pathway to heaven is paved with the stepping stones of humility. When you realize it wasn't you who gave that speech, it wasn't you who owned that, it's God. God owns it, God worked through you, God used you. But every day of my life, I want to bring all honor, all praise, all glory to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then guess what that does? Sets me free. Sets me free because it's his work that he 's doing and choosing to do through me. God bless it 's freedom
2: and the the landowner is just is always looking right always looking for for more people to come it's, it's 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 not a there's no limit right there's no limit to his love there's no limit to his mercy it's It's endless, so he 's always looking. God is always looking for people to say yes, and just like Mary had to give her yes and and could have said no. Uh, each one of us, each day, we have to give our yes to, to God, to, to enter into the, to, to enter, in, to enter into the game, right? Tom, you and mm-hmm. I were talking earlier, uh, about the, you know, when the game stands tall, uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the movie that's out and we have to, you know, we have to stand tall for Christ and you know, we have to enter into that game. We have to give our yes and, uh, and, and be ready, be ready at all times to, uh, to To go and and to allow the Lord to work through us.
3: And, go ahead. and I I think the uh, the ingratitude of not appreciating the fact that it it's not a reflection of how much time or energy you put in because none of us really deserve to be in the wedding feast of the Lamb. None of us really deserve to be in that banquet that the Father throws for the Son who who returns. But but we're invited in and. And if we're saying, well, I deserve better than that because I'd never wandered off and squandered all your, uh, you know, all your goods, um, I deserve better than that. We're really taking ourselves and putting ourselves above, uh, you know, above the provider, above, you know, uh, providence, above God, um, because he gives us all that we have and all that we are. And um, that's that's really his gift to us. and, And that's what we need to be satisfied with. When you say your will be done and what we say in the Our Father, the prayer that Jesus himself gave us to say, you know, your, your will be done, Father, your will be done. So we need to learn to be satisfied with what's been given while we're on the way to the banquet. And that's the important thing, I think, that comes through the, for me from this passage. And, and two things, as you were sharing,
1: Rob, you know, I wrote down, be the change that you want to see in the world. It starts with you. I think Mother Teresa said that, but when we start to complain, do you we realize we're in the enemy's camp? We are wasting the gift of our precious time that you can't buy back. We're solving nothing, and we're listening to the scratchy, broken record of the enemy. But if we choose God and invite him in to the gardens of our hearts to till the soil, get the rocks out, get the weeds out, to be those pure vessels of God's love that produces fruit, fruit that lasts then we can be that change in the world that's around us. And as we are that change, we impact others who become that change. So stop complaining, pray. You hear a priest give a a homily and say, you know what, I can't get anything out of that. Excuse me, excuse me. Pray for the priest. Ask the Holy Spirit to use him. And perhaps the message that day was not for you, but was for somebody else in that church that God knew needed to hear something. Because when we complain, we are in the enemy's camp, and that's so, so, so key. The other piece I saw in this also, this is speaking to us in human terms things that we would understand, because God references, you know, about his money and, and generosity. But at the end of the day, what are we striving for? What is it? It's not money. Money has no value in heaven. Well, the great gift, which is a free gift, is eternal life through Jesus Christ, so are we invitations to that gift? Do we even understand? I bet you every lip buddy in this listening audience, if they were told to write a check out today for their whole life savings, but if they did that, they'd have eternal life, no illness, no sickness, eternal joy, in union with Jesus Christ, they'd write it out today, right? But guess what? The gift doesn't cost money. It just costs a yes. I'm all in, Lord. How do you want me to love your children today? that I'm entrusted to me. Lord, how do you want me to love your spouse that you've entrusted me today? Lord, how do you want me to love the people with the work today? And Lord, how do you want me to love the people in the church today, Lord? It's all about love. At the end of the day, the, the, the measuring stick God will use is did you or did you not love? Were you a vessel of my love? Because that's what we're all created to be. A vessel of God's unconditional, free love. So for me, it's not about money; it's about eternal life. So are we spreading that message? Are we those messengers that are invitations to that eternal banquet?
2: And then on the flip side of that, if if we're not, then you know, then we're being an obstacle, yes. right? That if we're not loving and we're not compassionate, we're not merciful. Uh, how many times I guess they're, they're they're the sins of omission, right? That I uh, know I need to do a better job at examining my conscience where where did I miss opportunities David to do what you said just now where did I miss opportunities today lord just reveal those to me in in my in my thoughts in my words in my actions right where did I miss the opportunity to love right because those opportunities to love are just are the seeds that god will then be able to grow uh, but he needs us to to plant the seeds right he needs us to to be His love in the world, because that's it. You know, there, there is no Plan B. Yeah, we there be outside it. of us and the rest of humanity. Right? This is it. We're 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 His plan. So, uh, Lord, help uh, please reveal to me in my life where I've missed those opportunities.
1: You know, my friend has a saying. He says, "Will it help or will it hurt?" Mm. And so, as I take my journey, there's a good reflection at the end of the day where you invite the Holy Spirit into our hearts just to reveal, Father, how'd I do? It's a perfect example of what you were just sharing, Rob. And I remember just this week, I got to see a man that works at the ranch, and he was on the tractor. And the Lord prompted me just to go over to him and say, thank you. Thank you for the gift of your time here on the ranch. Thank you for the work that you do. And I'm proud of you, because this person suffered suffered and broke free from that addiction i said i want to tell you that i'm proud of you and i'm praying for you so look for the opportunities to be a blessing to others each day look for the opportunities to be those pure vessels of god's love to the world and get in the game and and we don't have to we just have to stand that's what we're called to do and say lord come do it through me come do it in me come do it with me and your life will be a great joy and you will be a change that you want to see in the world God bless each and every one of you. Have a great day.
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at StewardshipMission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a Mission of Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship A Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.